Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Hassan with another episode of the Influence Continuum, and I'm particularly excited today to have Joe Walsh with me. Uh, Joe, we first met when uh, we were doing a documentary called The Game Is Up. I think Melissa Joe Peltier did that, and I fell in love with you, honestly. I was like, cool <laughs> dude, says it the way he means it. And I'm just gonna read for my, my uh, audience a little bit more about you. You are a former Republican congressman from Illinois, and you were involved with the Tea Party movement, remember that. Um, and what else? You are uh, a former Republican candidate for president in 2020. Uh, you authored a book called F Silence, calling Trump out for the cultish, moronic, authoritarian con man he is, released in February of 2020. Love the title. Uh, you have a mm -hmm. podcast, White Flag with Joe Walsh. I'm going to ask you why the title but in a minute. But I also want to really tell my listeners about your PAC called Center Street PAC, and it's an organization dedicated to helping elect Republicans, Democrats, and independents who put country before party. Wow, sign me up for that. You're regularly on TV, CNN, MSB, uh, NBC, etc. You're one of the leading conservative voices. And honestly, I, I follow you on Twitter. Um, I don't know if it's going to last much longer, but uh, <laughs> I love when you say, you know, your messaging sucks. It doesn't, it's not going to reach the base. And you have a window on that. So with that intro, Joe Walsh, welcome to the Influence Continuum. Hey, Stephen, I mean this. I'm a fan of you as well. I'm so glad that we've gotten to know each other. Uh, I am a reformed cult member. You are the expert on cults. So you and I are bound to be tied at the hip. No, I'm very, I'm, I'm honored by your compliment. And I... I was in a cult, which is how I got interested in all of this stuff. And my cult was actually a January 6th, uh, saying it was Antifa. And uh, they have a gun factory, an AR-15 factory, and a compound uh, in Tennessee and Texas training people to kill other Americans. So I'm alarmed. And uh, so basically, Joe, help. Like, what's your prescription? You know, the midterms happened. Uh, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Like, share, please. So, 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 Stephen, I, I have a unique vantage point because I've had a really weird, unique journey. Um, as you mentioned, I've gone from one of the big faces of the Tea Party movement, uh, a firebrand congressman. Um, and then on the radio all over the country for a long time, uh, part of the right wing media world. Uh, and then along came Trump and my world changed. Um, I've, I've, I very publicly have said that I helped bring about Trump, people like me. I've had to publicly apologize for it. I turned on Trump about five and a half years ago. Um, and ever since then, I've been doing all I can to make sure that my now former political party um, does not assume power, um, because I do believe my former political party is a direct threat to so our tell, democracy. So tell my listeners, I think I know the answer because I've heard you being interviewed before. 
What was the turning point for you realizing Trump is not someone I can back in any way, shape or form? And uh, and this may sound funny coming from somebody like me. The turning point was when I really began to pay attention to him. I I I, uh, I screwed up, Stephen. I, I when Trump first ran in 2016, I was on the radio, 200 stations around the country. I was on Fox News every day. But I confess, I did not pay attention to Donald Trump. I didn't take him seriously. I figured he was just a goof. Uh, who, who, if he got elected, would play a lot of golf and nothing bad would happen. The other important point I'll make is this. I come from, so I voted for Trump in 16, um, something I've got to live with for the rest of my life. And I apologize for that. But I understood why Trump got elected. I understood who his voters were because they were my Mm -hmm. voters. I understood how angry and scared and frustrated they were. Um, and, and I understood that they wanted disruption in our politics. I wanted disruption. Um, it turns out he was an evil disruptor. So after he got elected, I began to pay attention to him. And I realized every time he opened his mouth, he told a lie every single time. Yeah, I think it was 35,000 so while yeah, he was in office. I mean, and look, Stephen, you know, look, I'm a former congressman. Politicians lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Biden tells too many untruths. They all lie. They all embellish. They all fudge. We've never seen anything like Trump. Every word out of his mouth. Um, I began to go south on him after that happened. Uh, I began to be critical of him almost every week after he got elected. The final straw for me was Helsinki in the summer of 18, where he stood in front of the world and he said, I'm with Putin and not my own people. Uh, That was the greatest act of disloyalty I've ever seen in an American president. I went on my radio show that night and I said, I'm going to do all I can to make sure he's not reelected. I then began to lose my radio show. So that was the final Yeah, and just to remind people in Helsinki, the CIA, the FBI were all, were all like, you know, this is a major alert. And he's like, uh, no, I, I listen to Putin and he's trustworthy. And all of us were like, what did he just say? Yeah. They all knew the truth. Everybody around Trump, everybody knew the truth that Russia interfered in our election to help get Trump elected. It's still the truth. Yeah. But Donald Trump couldn't accept that for whatever reason. Um, but but. And so he gave his middle finger to this country, which isn't a surprise now looking back, because that's pretty much what he's done every single day. Yeah, really. So, Joe, what's your sense of the temperature of the country? What's your sense of um, Elon Musk taking over Twitter? I'd love your comments about that. Let's get into some of the, the stuff. Yeah, I, I uh, Stephen, regarding the country, I've and, and I said this even before Trump ran. I think America is going through what I've called a third revolutionary period, uh, the American Revolution, the Civil War. And now this, I think we're having a knockdown, drag them out fight about whether we still should be united, 50 United States. I felt that way way before Trump. 
Um, I don't know how it's going to play out. I'm a dark Irishman. I really worry for this country. This great experiment in freedom, I don't know if it can keep it together. To me, Trump is just an ugly consequence of how, a dangerous consequence of how divided we are. So I'm bearish on the country. Um, Elon, I'm a free speech absolutist. I don't want speech silenced. I don't want speech censored. Elon Musk is a jerk. He's a, what is he? He's a 40-something-year-old child, an ill-tempered child. But it, it doesn't matter to me. He owns and runs Twitter. He can have whatever rules he wants. I don't care. I'm going to keep tweeting as long as I have something to say. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to challenge you a little bit on the free speech absolutist. So does that mean you can call out fire in a crowded theater when there's no fire? No. And again, when I say I'm a free speech absolutist, I mean, according to what our First Amendment says and what the courts have ruled, our First Amendment allows. So I can say that Elon Musk is is uh, I can call him any name under the Mm -hmm. sun. I'm allowed in America to say that if I go on Twitter and say and encourage people to go do harm to Elon Musk. That's not protected okay, speech, good. inciting violence. Uh, so, so yeah, that's not that's not free speech. That's threatening violence. That's never been yeah, protected. Yeah, inciting a riot is not okay. Yes. So, like, if if Donald Trump had gone on Twitter and said, way back then, before tw- January sixth, I want all my supporters to go to Washington on January sixth, um, um, invade the Capitol find Mike Pence and hang Mike Pence, that would not have been protected speech. Right. Even though he was president? Even though he's president, doesn't matter who he is. um, We're we're too easily offended, I think, in this country Mm -hmm. when it comes to speech. Hate speech is protected speech. I can call out white people. I can call out black people. I can call call out transgender people or straight people. I, I can be hateful and offend people. That's protected speech. But you nailed it, Stephen. I can't incite violence against anyone. Mm-hmm. Good. So uh, just so you know, I really believe in um, information that is grounded in reality. And when people make stuff up uh, to incite fear, like the Democrats are all traffickers and are killing children and draining adrenochrome, as in the QAnon stuff, for me, that I have a real question whether or not that should be allowed because it's harming people. What do you think? It's Stephen. It's interesting. I'll 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 answer that with a question, um, right back at sure. you. Uh, and and I I get it, but I worry who is going to be the arbiter of what's hateful, um, of what's accepted or not. A- again, Elon Musk owns Twitter now. That's a private yep. company. He can have whatever rules he wants to have. Yep. But I don't want, and America should never have the government determining what's hateful speech or not. Um, And I I don't think you do either, correct? 
Well, I was for deplatforming Trump from Twitter and from social media because I study radicalization. I've written a, a chapter in an Oxford University textbook called Lone Actor Terrorism. And in my research, people were not just coming up with the idea to go do a mass shooting. They were being influenced online, videos, chat groups, etc. And their minds were being co-opted through the use of social media, neuroscience, you know, taking data points that were collected about them. And I really worry about the role of AI and, and, and social media, our mental health and the mental health of people yeah. around the world, and the use of actors who want to destroy America. Like, I truly believe Putin never forgave the United States for the Soviet Union's collapse, blames them, and wants to infiltrate and destroy America from within as well as without. And I think that on a certain level, Joe, I don't want to sound alarmist. It feels like World War III, only it's it's cyber warfare and psychological warfare is the, the tools. No, uh, no doubt. But I think the danger is how do we try to stop it? And, and in a free nation, should, we've got to be careful about how we stop it. Everybody, uh, you know, a lot of people are upset because Trump has been reinstated on Twitter. I don't believe Trump, and you know how I feel about Trump. I don't think he ever should have been yanked off of mm -hmm. Twitter. I mean, we live in a, we're, as you and I speak right now, the Iranian mullahs are on Twitter. The Taliban is on Twitter. Yep. North Korean officials are on Twitter. Putin still has a Twitter account. Um, I don't believe, and I, I again, I'd love your expertise on this, I don't believe you can stop, you can silence hate and harassment. I think you can try to defeat it with other speech, mm -hmm. but I don't know how you can have a platform where you don't allow people to be hateful. Well, so again, um, I'm just a mental health professional, former cult member who's studied social psychology and influence yes. techniques. My my uh, lane, if you will, is the influence continuum, and my work with the bite model of authoritarian control. You know, behavior control, information, thought, and emotional control. Uh, what's basically used to traffic people: sex trafficking and labor trafficking. And it is a crime to do those things. And Lack of informed consent is a very important legal construct for volition to have for people to have free will. They need to know what who's behind this, what's going to yeah. happen to me if I sign the dotted line or whatever. So my my desire, honestly, is to um, see the law updated to a more accurate view of what we now know about the human mind. For example, the law says. We're an adult when we're 18, but neuroscience shows that we really need to 25 or 26 to fully grow our prefrontal and frontal cortex where we can exercise decision-making and not just go with emotions uh, or impulses. 
So, uh, but by this is this is science. This is me saying yeah. I really think this needs to happen. But we need a lot of smart people working on this because in the end, we're all on one planet, Joe. How we we yeah. we depend on each other's survival and. If someone's going around with an AR-15 shooting shooting up my town, that person needs to be stopped, ideally before he's pulling the trigger and murdering innocent before, people. Before, yeah. No, Stephen, you're right, before. Um, and, and look, again, I, I, I agree with you on the consequences uh, that we are all paying right now for, especially enhanced with social media, Twitter and the like, for allowing hate and harassment and misinformation to spread. I can't win an argument with you on the consequences of that. We're feeling that right, right now. I think the question is, in a free society that values free speech and that says specifically, hate speech is the very speech the First Amendment protects, how do we balance that freedom with trying to minimize the consequences of this hate that we see thrown out there every yeah. day. Yeah, so again, I'm I'm a therapist, so I'm a human rights guy, always wanting to find the goodness in each other, uh, even yeah. when I'm working with, with clients who've done horrendous things. I, I want them to understand how they were made to do these horrendous things. I know... And I've said this publicly since my deprogramming in 1976. If Moon had said, Stephen, take this AR-15, go to the Capitol, and murder as many congressmen and senators, I would have done it without hesitation. Right. And I'm a, I'm right. a nice person. I'm nonviolent. But I was so convinced of Satan and democracy was evil and we need a theocracy to rule the world. And Moon was the Messiah, a sinless man, even though I yeah. later found out he was screwing all the women followers and gambling and yep. and uh, doing all kinds of uh, unsavory uh, political things. Um, I don't have all the answers, but I have to confess I, I am an optimist. I'm an idealist. I want to say love is the answer. I've been saying since Trump was elected, the answer with family and friends who've been radicalized is not to call them names, call them stupid and cut off contact from them. That's that's the worst thing you can do with someone who's been yeah. unduly influenced is, is do that because they need contact with non-believers who care about them, who they have history yeah. with. And so I've been saying over and over again, be respectful, be curious, don't, you know, don't just throw facts and just say, listen, do me a favor, go back in time, tell me your first memory of Donald Trump. Oh, I saw him on The Apprentice. What'd you think? I thought he was a jerk. Oh, that's interesting. So walk me slowly through how you began to change your mind. Was it a video? Was it a meeting? Was yeah. it a good friend of yours? And get people to start realizing they've been influenced in a direction that they're disconnected from their own common sense and critical thinking. Like for you and me, we're like, how can you trust a liar? 
Who who would want to do business with a liar? Who would yeah. want to marry a liar? Yeah. And if that's the yeah. case, why would you want them to have the most powerful position in the world? It's so Stephen, it's so interesting to hear you say all that because that's that's literally what I do every day and every week. Um because I come from the cult and I left the cult uh, for the past five years, every day I hear from members of the cult, the GOP cult, and every week I try to have these conversations with them. The vast majority want nothing to do with me, but doggone it, every week there are one or two or three or four who you can engage in that process. And every week, one or two, their their eyes are open. Yep. So I'm doing it on a very small scale, but it does. It work. absolutely does work, and 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 honestly, uh, I don't know if you s saw my TEDx talk on how can I know if I've been brainwashed, um, but I'll just mention it because the 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 but the point is take a time out from constant reinforcement, like turn off your cell phone, turn off your computer, walk in the woods, play with your dogs or cats or. You know, ha listen to good music that you love that makes you you. Then learn about models of brainwashing and mind control, and in particular, Chinese communist brainwashing is very popular uh, to learn. You know, yeah. MAGA folks to learn about that, which is what helped me get out of the Moonies, and and my bite model. And then deliberately seek out critics and former members. You're an intelligent person. You've been told, oh, the uh, media is the enemy of the people. You can't believe anyone. You know, they've called you names. But if, if you're smart and you believe that you're your own person, why not expose yourself to Joe Walsh's podcast? Read his book. Hear yeah. what his point of view is or the cult of Trump plug self-promotion. Self Sorry. But the, the thing is, once you have that, then you go back in time, as I started to say, and think about were there aspects of brainwashing that, were, that you can identify in your own story? And if you knew then what you know now, would you have made the same choice? Like if I asked yeah. you, would you have voted for Donald Trump and supported him knowing what you know now? Heck, Heck no. no. And but that's how people, you know, and that's another piece is that there's so much stigma around having been tricked or co-opted. And a group of my friends uh, who are also former cult members were trying to do a hashtag. I got out to kind of mirror yeah. the me too. Yep. Happened to me. But life goes on and life is great since I got out of the cult, right? Or the controlling yeah. relationship or the MLM. Because the public has this false idea that only weak, stupid, uneducated people can ever be, be sucked into a, a destructive right. cult. Not true. Uh, right. And, and that, uh, that, that basically you can never exit a destructive cult because everybody will be mean and nasty to you and say, I told you so, I told you so. But for me, when I got deprogrammed, like my, my next door neighbor, Monica, one of my oldest friends, baked me chocolate chip cookies and said, welcome <laughs> home. Good to yeah. see you. Makes me cry just to even remember that moment yeah. that people genuinely yeah. care about me and 
there's life after, you know, mind control cult. That's so interesting. Um, I think what makes being in a political cult, like being in the Trump cult so difficult, meaning when you leave, like everybody on the right now, that was my world, the right, they all consider me a traitor. And when I came out, Stephen, um, I was embraced by more moderates and more Democrats. Certainly many people on the left will never embrace me because of the old Joe Walsh. Uh, so politically, I'm kind of homeless right now. I don't, I don't get any chocolate chip cookies from anybody on the right. Um, and I'll, I, I will never be accepted because, again, I'm just talking the politics of it. I'll never be embraced by most of the left. So I'm kind of hanging out there in limbo right well, now. Well, I'm just going to say, because, you know, this is the first time we're talking one-on-one. -on -one. We've done been on panels together in a documentary. Yeah. But um, I really think that uh, being authentic, being real, being yeah. honest, sharing values is where it's at. And for me, I'm against authoritarianism on the left and the right. I did a blog Amen. against cancel culture on the left and the right. And what I learned while I was researching the cult of Trump is uh, about fourth generation warfare, which is psychological warfare aimed at polarizing people, getting them to distrust experts, distrust yeah. institutions, distrust science in order to make them more pliable for authoritarian messaging. And I, I, I'm just, I, I want to, we're on one planet. That's how I see it. We need to do what business people do. You think of the ideal future and you work backwards. I want plan, our planet Earth to survive. You know, I really do. I, I, there, there, there's a lot of resources and definitely there are some people who have a overabundance and they're using their power to keep, you know, more power or control or whatever. And they're not thinking about their children or their grandchildren or about all the species that are being extinguished and, and their own destruction because the planet cannot just take endless abuse, in my opinion. Well, the good thing, the good thing is there are more of us than them. I mean, even though in America, we really only have two political parties. And right now, uh, my former political party has been completely overtaken. Um, Republicans haven't won the popular vote in America in forever, and I don't think they ever will in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. I do believe the Republican Party cult is a shrinking, dying political mm -hmm. party because, as you know, Stephen, it's made up mostly of old white men and old white mm -hmm. women. Old white men and old white women tend to die before younger people do, and the party's not replacing itself. Mm -hmm. But they can still enact a lot of danger as yeah, they shrink. absolutely. So uh, I, I want you to talk more about your pack and, and what, how did you come to decide to do that? And are you getting enough funding? I think the answer is no, never enough. Oh, oh that answer, Stephen, is always no. no. Right. Um, uh, Center Street PAC, which, which I helped found, this was our first election and we, we did pretty well. We helped Mark Kelly in Arizona get mm -hmm. elected. 
we we almost helped Tim Ryan in Ohio, who I just adored. I served with Tim. Uh, he lost a tough one. And we almost helped Lauren Boebert lose. We, oh, I know, I know, I know. We came so yeah. close. But the whole thought is, and, and what, again, full disclosure, what makes me a unique face of a of the Center Street Pack is I am I, I'm a former extremist. Yeah. I mean, I was an extremist before Marjorie Taylor Greene ever came yep. around, and I, I've I've seen the light. Um, and uh, for someone like me who's been there to say we can't have that, uh, and I think to your point, Stephen, I think most Americans are tired yep. of it. They really are which is part of why I don't think Trump can ever, ever win yep. again. I, I I don't know. Michael Cohen says he'll never run in 2024, and I didn't think he would either, but uh, I'm still hoping that justice will be served on his illegal actions. Um, but here's the thing, Stephen. Here's the thing, please. my friend. I hope I hope justice will be served, too. But, and you will relate to this, my cult expert, <laughs> if there's an indictment of Trump, that will only strengthen him among his hardcore base. Yeah. It, it's standard operating procedure. We have lots of case examples. I actually finished the Cult of Trump book saying if he wasn't reelected in 2020, there'd be violence. And I quoted Jim Jones. But that's still not a reason not to do the right thing. Not at all. Not and especially at all. Not modeling at all. And for young people that, that there is accountability for bad behavior. You and I are not kids. We've been around a while. For the first time ever in our lifetimes, 22 months ago, a sitting American president led, I mean led, a violent attempt to overthrow an American election had never been done before. Let's pray it'll never be done again. But that man is still the leader of that party. He announced last week he's going to run for president. And right now, he's still the odds-on favorite to be the Republican Party nominee. It's just scary. Yeah. Yep. So, but um, you're not giving up. I'm not giving up. And I do think honestly, educating folks to get out of this polarized view of us versus them and they cheat, so we should cheat. No, we shouldn't cheat. Thank you very much. We should do things. We should understand their mindset and anticipate the, the, the illegal criminal actions they may, that Roger Stone and Steve Bannon are trying to cook up and try to intercede with those things. But I really think, uh, again, uh, I want to go to sleep, you know, feeling good about myself. And I want my legacy to be where people go, yeah, he was a good guy. He, he really screwed up. I became one of Moon's top American officials. And I did a lot of harmful things and said a lot of and believed a lot of harmful things. But at the point I woke up, uh, like yourself, I just said no. <laughs> this is not. This is not yeah. congruent with me. This is not the real me, and I will have nothing to do with it. And in fact, I feel guilty for all the people 
I recruited into the cult and helping this this cult get a, uh, a foothold in the United States. I never imagined I'd be doing it 46 years, but I'm still at it. <laughs> uh, there, there is not a day nor a week that goes by that I don't publicly apologize for what I did to help bring about mm -hmm. Trump. Um, and I mean it. And there's not a day or a week goes by that I don't feel bad for helping to lay the groundwork for Trump. Um, but you're right. All I can do now is follow in your footsteps and spend the rest of my life doing all I can to try to undo that. Damage. Well, um, I I love you. So please run and I'll help <laughs> you because we need people with character and people who will put the public good ahead of party or again ahead of a particular religious slant. Yeah. We need more people to yes. be people. Well, it's it's uh, you know, I've been there now, Stephen, and I'd love to run again. Politics is a really difficult business right now. And, and this is not exclusive to the mega right. Most Americans don't want to be informed. They, they want their own beliefs confirmed. So if you are on the left, you watch MSNBC every night. If you're a mega person, you watch Sean Hannity on Fox News every night. Too few of us are listening to and gain, gaining information across the mm -hmm. spectrum. We're in our we're in our holes. We're in our bunkers, speaking to people who think like us almost exclusively. That's not yeah, good. and that's not what I want. And if Fox no. in, in, invited me back on, and I have been on Fox years ago. Uh, I would go just so people can hear me. Maybe someone will be shouting over me and calling me names, but at least they'll know that I exist and that I had the courage of my convictions to accept an invitation. And honestly, um, you know, Joe, the, the, the reality is that brainwashing and mind control is a real phenomenon. We see yeah. it where people are being radicalized by Islam or by, by Christian extremists or Buddhist extremists or Jewish extremists. And it's not something we can just say, oh, those are a few weirdos who are mentally ill. No, through the internet, people are being radicalized. And, um, and, and as far as social media goes, I really think that there needs to be some form of regulation. If, it, if there's a public square and there's toxic chemicals being, being pumped in that's going to cause people to be anxious and depressed and maybe you know become anti-patriotic, I don't know. I, I guess I'm, I'm for regulation. And that 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 would be that that would be a, a really interesting discussion between you and I because I'd really push back hard against that. Um, having the same concerns I do uh, that that you do, I I do as well. I just, man oh man, history is replete with governments shutting down certain viewpoints and shutting down speech, certain speech. I never ever ever want the government to be the arbiter of what is acceptable or not. And um, so that really scares me. The notion of the government regulating Twitter or Facebook uh, just scares the heck mm -hmm. out of me. But it's a really important conversation. Yeah, no, me. I'll be part of that conversation. And I, 
For example, I really believe that if we're subsidizing tax-exempt organizations with our tax dollars, and these organizations are lying to people and trafficking them, why are we giving them tax exemption? We should. You know? But that's regulation. That would, that would be the IRS saying, wait a minute, you can't lie and you can't cheat and you need to you know, protect your people. Well, or that would be uh, the government removing, <laughs> in, in essence, almost removing a regulation, no longer allowing these people to be tax exempt. They're on their own. If they're a church or if they're a, a synagogue or a mosque and they want to preach a certain political uh -huh. thing, then forget about your exemption. And but, that's fine. But, they can but choose just to, to be clear, you're not suggesting we take away tax exemption of all religious groups, just ones that are violating. I, 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 go, I go back and forth on that, Stephen, because I think all churches and all religious groups generally do get involved in politics to a degree. Uh, show me a mosque or a synagogue or a church that doesn't weigh in to a degree. I've often questioned the whole notion of a tax exemption for religious institutions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All I can say is, in my understanding of the purpose of tax exemption, it's for the public good, that there's a belief that membership is going to create community and care about other people outside of their organization, the homeless, the, the hungry, the sick, etc. I know I belong to a Jewish temple that's very progressive, non-dogmatic, uh, and we do a lot of ecumenical things with churches and mosques. And, and in Boston, we have something called the Greater Boston Interfaith Coalition, uh, which actually has some political clout because there's 60-odd you know, churches and synagogues and mosques together, uh, identifying each year what are three things that we think is important. Um, and so, and, and often candidates will want to come and talk to, to the organization yes. and to clarify yes. what's, what's your platform. And, um, yeah, so I, I, I worry I, and I, and I support all that activity. I generally, the libertarian I am, I'd rather just have government stay mm -hmm. out, not giving special status to organizations and not regulating organizations. If churches and whoever want to get political and do their thing and endorse candidates, I think mm -hmm. they should. Um, but, but government need not be a part of that, shouldn't mm -hmm. be a part of that. So you brought up libertarian as a term, and I want to uh, say, I used to say I'm a civil libertarian, and then yeah. I learned more about Ayn Rand and the cult of Ayn Rand, and yes. did a little deeper there dive. It really was, it, it was, you know, selfishness is good, greed is good, altruism yeah. is evil, but it was a personality cult as well as an ideological yes. cult. And... Uh, I guess I, I, government has so much corruption. There's so much corruption on so many levels. So, but I'm I'm more for like sm we need to re reformulate how 
politics works so that there are checks and balances to prevent abuse of power or somebody forcing other people. So that's so that's such a great point. And I think that's why we are where we are in po in, politically in this country right now, because our politics is just flat out broken. That's why Trump got elected to begin with. That's part of why Bernie Sanders was so popular back in 2016. Mm. I think most Americans are fed up with both parties. I think our our government has gotten so big and our politics has become so like alien to the rest of the people that people don't feel connected to, to their politic, their political mm. system anymore. Most Americans don't believe our political system can meet their mm -hmm. needs. So and, and this is I think this is right. I think it's accurate. But it's also fertile ground for a demagogue like Trump to come along and say, I will fix it. I will build a wall. I will do whatever. Um, but even Trump aside, mm -hmm. Stephen, our politics is still yeah. broken. And most Americans don't look at Joe Biden or pick your Republican and feel like they're going to save mm -hmm. it. Um, I, I think we're, we're in for a lot of upheaval. Yeah. So um, the upheaval is happening and there's tons of people who are homeless now and hungry now and they're Yep. People are getting older, and yes, there's a fear that maybe Medicare will be taken away or Social Security will be taken away, and that's going to cause a lot more suffering and grief because people like me paid into Social Security, and I'm over 65. I'm, I'm benefiting from Medicare, so my, my health uh, costs are, have gone down. But um, I just think we need to, to get a lot of bright people thinking about solutions. And, and they may not be obvious, but I'm going to throw something out to you, Joe. Have you ever heard of Digital Taiwan? Digital Taiwan? No. It's, uh, I first learned about it from the humanetech.com, the undivided uh, attention podcast of uh, Tristan Harris and Aza Raskin, who did the Social Dilemma movie. But th apparently they've come up with a way to use computers and people can vote on topical things. And oh. if somebody doesn't like the proposal, the burden is on them to propose something better. And it's this back and forth, but not just like waiting years to elect a single person, but it's like issue-focused democracy. And it seems to me to be in the right direction to solve real problems. Well, or, or, or analogous to direct democracy, mm -hmm. which is what we had at the very, very, very yep. beginning. Um, and, and this has been a topic, I think, that a lot of people have gravitated toward that with all this technology, in a funny way, we could almost move back to a direct democracy where the American people online, whatever, literally vote, should this budget be approved or not? Should Medicare be expanded or not? It's and an and line motion. item voting on things instead of these, you know, huge trillion dollar things. And you agree with some, but don't like others. And I, be I believe we, there's some rank choice thing going on too with digital uh, Taiwan. Something to think about. You'll, uh, 
you'll remember that we we uh, even though we live in a democracy, we don't live in a direct right. democracy. Our founders uh, abhorred the notion of a direct democracy. Um, but I wonder, Stephen, if that we live in a republic, representative democracy. I wonder if there will be a movement toward a more direct sort of a thing. All I know is we both agree the system's broken. The dark broken. money that's flowing to elect somebody is obscene. Uh, I'm sure all of the uh, TVs and newspapers love the advertising revenue. Uh, and so, you know, they, they have a vested interest to keep, keep lots of money flowing to it. But really, in the end, I don't know, as a citizen, I feel like people have to be beholding to their major donors that if they say, you know, to Joe Manchin, you know, vote vote uh, against the the uh, green bill. That he's going to vote against the green bill. It, having been in Congress, there is some truth mm -hmm. to that. But it, but it all. I mean, it also works both ways. Uh, the special interest groups that gave me money gave me money because I believed in the things that they generally right. advocated. Um. So it works both ways. But again, Steve, this goes to, you mentioned it a few minutes ago, good people need to get involved. And, and here's our problem. Who the hell would want to run for office today? It's a, it's a miserable process. I've done it. You are naked. Everything you've done since eighth grade becomes public. What, what man or woman wants to go through that process? Everything your family's done, everything you did in high school or college, uh, it's an ugly process. So most good people say, I don't want to run mm. for office. So we are not getting the best and yeah, the brightest. That's, that's a, a very important point. Uh, Joe, are you familiar with Adam Grant by any chance, the social psychologist Wharton School? Vaguely, so yes. So he had a, uh, a woman on who was an expert in politics, and I listened to his podcast. I think it was on LinkedIn. And she was talking about mandatory civics education for anyone who's going to run for office. I like <laughs> that idea, as well as civics education back in all schools, public and private. Well, that's okay. So that's interesting. So in, in principle, I agree. But my libertarian heard the word mandatory. Uh -huh. and, and so I pushed back against that. And you and I may disagree on this. A, a lot of people are pushing the notion of mandatory voting. Mm. I want lots of people voting, but my God, in a free country, you can and should never force me right. to vote. I like the idea of paying people to vote or giving them a tax break <laughs> if they show up and vote. That, you know, that's an idea. I, 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 I think what's important for this discussion is we are at the precipice of big change in yes. this country. The things you and I are talking about, uh, getting rid of the electoral college, ranked choice voting, changing the way we vote for people. Yeah. Big stuff is coming down yeah. the pike. So let's use our, our remaining time. I want to learn from you and I want you to use my platform to, to help, help us understand what, what Joe Walsh, the former Tea Party congressman 
what's your take on things and what do we need to do, Joe? And I call myself a former Tea Party guy. I'm, I'm still actually a Tea Party guy because a lot of those issues I believed in. But put okay. that aside. Um, I think anybody listening to us right now politically should be hugely concerned about where this country mm -hmm. is going. If you thought 2020 was bad, 2024 is going to be worse. And I think we are only going to grow more divided. I think, I think political violence as a tool is only going to continue to be used more and more, especially on the right flank in mm -hmm. mega world. I, I've, I've spoken with too many over there who are either indifferent or open yeah. to violence. So political violence in this country is here. It's here to stay. It's going to get mm. worse. Um, and I, I guess the, the final thing I'd say, Stephen, is, and I know, you know, Elon Musk and Twitter and a lot of people want to stay this fight. Speak your mind. Um, if you love this country, don't get discouraged. Uh, this is the time, I think, to really fight for it. Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm not leaving Twitter. I might. Don't you leave. I don't might you get blocked. Anywhere. I've lost 2000 followers since Elon Musk bought it. But, um, you know, and I've opened the Mastodon account as a as a fallback Good. Uh, on my friend Dave Troy's toad.social server. Uh, Dave is is a brilliant man who's been doing deep dive research uh, disinformation research and the whole yeah. historical, you know, this has been yeah. a long planned march. This is not an overnight phenomenon. And, uh, but we need to, I, you know, I keep coming back to, uh, uh, like a Manhattan project type thing, although that was a government project about creating nuclear bombs. But I really think we need to get a think tank together to really use our re best resource, which is our human intelligence and creativity and experience. And, you know, I, I, I've just finished a course for mental health professionals to know how to work with people. But my next course, I'm going to want to talk with you a lot about, but I want to I do a course that teaches people how to communicate with uh. people who are in an ideological bubble political or not but they're really yeah they're, you really need to be respectful and curious and you need to be humble and and adam grant you know in his book think again said separate your ego from your beliefs and just pursue what's true like what's factual yes. and be prepared to change your mind and create a relationship with the person and say, listen, I'm willing to be persuaded, but it's got to be facts. And let's take turns and reciprocate. You share something that was very pivotal and, and, and persuasive to you, and we'll talk about it together. And then it'll be my turn to share something, get your opinion about it. And we'll just keep going back and forth. Um, until, I, I, you know, and, and often people will shift somewhat both sides to a, a, a more central position. Stephen, that is so cool to hear because that's literally what I do every day and in exactly that. And every week when two or three or four or five escape the cult, it's because yeah. of that. 
because I respectfully, we just focus on Mm -hmm. facts, what's true. And we have honest, respectful conversations about facts. Um, And you're right. Listen, be respectful. But I'm also very Mm -hmm. direct. Um, But that's it's the facts. And if that's the only way the I've found the light bulb in mega people will yeah, go off. Yeah, and the thing is, is they know who you are. You have a track record, right? Yeah. So in a sense, you yeah. have credentials to say, hey. Yeah. And same with me. Uh, and, uh, you know, and most people go, oh, the Moonies, that's a cult for sure. You know, those mass weddings and... You know, Moon said Jesus failed his mission. You know, how could you believe that? Uh, So they'll listen to me. And the the bottom line is, is I teach psychology and social psychology and explain how it works with other groups. And if I can hear from the person I'm speaking with, oh, they watch the special on Jim Jones and People's Temple, or they watch... The special on Nexium, uh, you know, uh, the Keith Raniere trafficking cult, then I can use those other examples to discuss how people have been lied yep. to and manipulated and indoctrinated. And again, say, look, you know, it's your life. You get the, you have the ability to change your mind as I do. And who knows? Maybe you will want to change your mind. But the bottom line is I still respect you, even if you don't change your mind Yes, for, the, for yes. being willing to spend the time and the effort. And honestly, Joe, Absolutely. I always learn from every interaction I have. I, there's, it, it, it expands me. It helps me be a, a broader person as well as a Completely. better clinician. Completely. So uh, I'm going to give you the last words um, on this, my friend. And I do want to meet with you in person and maybe we can talk about. uh, And my idea is something like videotaping role playing. Like if you were willing to role play yourself before (laughs) we could talk, videotape it. It might be instructional. It might be helpful for folks. And it might be fun anyway for the two of us. Uh, I would love that. You and I are going to get together sometime in the next month and a half. We have to. We'll break bread and and review some of this. The final thing I'll just say is um, I don't care how old you are or young or where you are politically. uh, We are at the beginning of transformational political change in this country. And we need everybody, if you can, to stay engaged. Yeah, and and don't spend all your time on video games or binge-watching fiction. This is real life. We need you. And you can act locally, think globally, act locally. And depending on your ability, if you write music, write music. Do artwork, write poetry. Um and and be know your neighbor. If you don't know your like knock on their door. Hi, I live next door to you. Can I bring you some cake? Yeah. You know, let's get together. Yeah. And um, and and because what's happened, especially with the pandemic, when social isolation and everything, being online, we've lost that human connection. Yes. We need more hours in real life and not just on a screen, which is why I really want to meet you in person, too. And, and, and yes, final please. thing, my friend, because I'm a lousy self-promoter. Uh, my podcast is White Flag with Joe Walsh. 
Every week I sit down with someone who doesn't think like me and we model how to have respectful policy debates. It's awesome. I was actually listening. You had a comedian from Canada on uh, in oh, your last <laughs> thing. And uh, I think it's brilliant. I think it's great. And I think more people need to know about this effort. And um, so we'll be more in touch. Thank you for what you yeah, do. My thank friend. you for speaking out and being an authentic person who said, yep, I, I regret it. And Let's move I on screwed up. I made and a let's find people who care about the country more than a party. That's Amen. really, that's what I'm going to end. Perfect way yeah. to end. Thank Amen. You. Thank you. Take care, buddy. Thank you, boss. That's it for today's episode of the Influence Continuum. I've been your host, Dr. Stephen Hassan. Theme music for the podcast is by Nasser Malik. To keep up to date with me and happenings that I think are important, please visit my website at freedomofmind.com. There you'll find in-depth articles about cults, mind control, and other relevant topics. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at cultexpert. If you want to develop a comprehensive understanding of these topics, I highly recommend my books, Combating Cult Mind Control, Freedom of Mind, and The Cult of Trump, in that order. These books are a culmination of 45-plus years of experience and will really help you grasp the complex web of undue influence. I have also launched a new nine-hour online course for anyone interested in a deep dive into issues related to recovering from undue influence in all forms. While this course is designed for clinicians, everyone can benefit. If you're a former member, I congratulate you for your bravery and invite you to use the hashtag IGOTOUT and join our online community at igotout.org. Remember, love is stronger than mind control. And thanks for listening.